You're listening to Remember the Buster with Carlos and Alex. My name's Alexander Goodrun. Um, I work with uh, Parker Performance. I'm a vivid car enthusiast. Um, right now, I'm in a 2015 Ford Mustang EcoBoost, and I've been enjoying the Eco Boom life for four years at this point. And uh, she's a beaut. She's white. She's got some gold wheels. She's rice tastic, and uh, she's putting out some decent power. But uh, ultimate goals, really, I would like to be the first person to really have like a home built 800 horsepower four cylinder Mustang. Like that's the title that I want to earn. That's a that's a lofty horsepower goal, but I, I, definitely possible. Yeah. Right on, dude. Um, well, cool. Uh, happy to have you with me on this podcast, man. My name's uh, Carlos Colon, aka Space Dubs. Um, that's how you can find me on Instagram, anyways, is at Space Dubs. And then also for the the podcast as well, we have um, at Remember the Buster Cast. Uh, we'll be posting all kinds of stuff about my car, Alex's car, uh, Josh, you know, Parker's car, um, any park performance news, anything that we come across uh, in our stupidity and, and endeavors. Um, I also own a 2017 S550 uh, Mustang as well. Um, it's funny you said she's rice-tastic. Mine is a dude. His name is Domo, and I'm just embracing the rice, man. I've only ever owned four cylinders before. Um, RX-8s, GTIs, uh, SIs, uh, Integras, uh, Type Ss, RSXs. And uh, for me, this car is just an extension of what I enjoy. I actually had a choice between this and the Coyote, and, and, and I decided that I wanted the four-cylinder four turbo just because... I'm more familiar with it and I can, I, I know what I'll be getting out of it for the most part. I live in Tallahassee, Florida, uh, recently just, uh, visited the park performance crew. Uh, they did a fantastic job on my car, adding some extra flair onto it. Mostly, um, aesthetics. Um, you can count the Springs as performance. Really. It drives a lot better now. Outside of that, I, I work as a paramedic in EER and I'm just a big car enthusiast who likes to go to uh, car meets here locally. And, uh, and my my goal for my car is for it to essentially be like a, an, an American Turbo 4, you know, kind of like an American S14 or S15 um, build, basically. So I'm bring I'm that totally... American flavor out. What's up? Bring that American flavor out. Yeah, man. You know, and that's that's the thing. I'm not shying away from the fact that it's American. I just I really just like I shouldn't shy away from the fact that, you know, by definition, our cars technically are um they're they're ricey man it is what it is and and and, and uh, i can't even call it ricey really i think the car was engineered in uh in europe wasn't it yeah so if anything embracing the euro the euro euro beats of the car right but um as far as goals go i'm really just going to push for 380 horsepower i just want a nice well well balanced wheel um three 380 and uh, the idea behind that is just so that way I can uh, I can daily drive it. You know, my wife can daily drive it without, you know, uh, wrapping it around a tree. Um, 
And uh, I haven't really decided if I'm going to do meth injection or if I'm going to go ahead and just uh, put auxiliary fuel system on it and, and do E85 um, or a larger turbo. So uh, I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll just have the listeners figure it out for me and then I'll just go along with whatever they say. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty flexible. Not to do it, but to do it. <laughs> yeah. So this is our first episode of Remember the Buster. Um, we're just two regular guys that really enjoy cars. And the idea behind it is we're going to share some news that we hear about um, and have been ranting to uh, each other slash our significant others and, and, and hopefully uh, give their ears a, a break. Sounds good to me. Right on, man. Uh, did you have any news that you guys that you wanted to talk about? I know that um, right now we you said the Geneva car show is going on and and uh, it looks like they're they're making some some new announcements here and there. Um, yeah, uh, the 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 biggest thing to me is I mean you I'm sure we're going to talk about the the Bugatti that was sold for eighteen million dollars, but uh, yeah, sure. the, the biggest thing that really took me by surprise, which if we can when this gets released, maybe put like a, like a link to it. There's a video that a Christian von Koenigsegg has out on the new Jesco and transmissions and how the new Jesco is actually being designed. And it's just nerd levels of amazing that the, the whole suspension setup and the transmission, it's an automatic transmission. It only weighs 90 kilos, which is about 150 pounds. And it has nine different gears in it. Wow. So we're, you said nine different gears. So we're, we can expect a, uh, an automatic transmission or are we looking at a dual clutch? Um, it's that, that's another thing. There's no flywheel. Okay. And the clutches are integrated into the actual transmission. And again, that's something that you'll, you'll see in the video when they talk about that in very great detail. So what they've done, they basically took a conventional, um, CVT. Yeah. And they rearranged it. So let's say in a regular six-speed or seven-speed transmission, you have a certain set of gears, like two sets of gears per gear. Okay. And what they did, they are actually making it three sets. So by essentially having three sets per gear, okay, they're, they're allowing all the gears to basically shuffle around. So let's say in a conventional transmission, you need 20 gears. and this transmission, you only need 10. Right, right. So you can have larger gears, which hold more power, but you're still saving weight because you have less gears. True. The 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 production cost will definitely be cheaper. Right. Uh, and and the price of uh, repairs would likely be cheaper as well. Um, now, it, you know, my only problem that I have with these CVT transmissions are that sometimes they try to simulate a... Um, they, they try to simulate the number of gears like let's say a six-speed transmission um while they're simulating it you know and actually uh dropping revs and 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 raising revs again to simulate uh the gears that they that they have a la the new toyota corolla hatchback um cvt that they have it's uh it's actually hurting the zero to 60 time so do you think that they're going to do something similar or do you think that they're going to um just embrace the CVT that they that that they're 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 building off of and just allow it to rip. 
Well, the the way that it's described, basically, get there. There's no such thing as a flywheel in this car. Sure. And the way that it works, and he was very in. Um, I don't want to say specific about it, but he stated there was no difference in driving style to the previous transmissions that they've had. He he did state that it's going to be a little bit longer of a shift going from like one to two. But he says as far as if you were like on the track or on the highway driving, the the pleasure of driving the Koenigsegg is not going to be compromised by this new transmission that they're developing. Gotcha. That makes sense. And I'm, yeah, glad, and I mean, that, I'm glad that's what they're planning on doing with it. Yeah, and it's meant to hold, you know, 1,600 horsepower on the 85, and it makes 1,200, that is correct, 1,200 on California 91 octane. That is insane. 1,200. That's 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 pretty, uh, that's intense, man. I don't know that uh, the average buyer is going to be able to afford a car like this. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, did they give a price sticker or did they give an idea behind it? Like what they're, um, they're going to be wanting? Is it going to be a prototype or? the Well, basically, some of the stuff is based on the um, Ajera, which was 2.5 million. And this one's probably going to be between three and four. The biggest thing here is that this is something that, like most luxury cars, eventually will make its way into, you know, the Corollas, the Camrys, you know, stuff like that. And for Koenigsegg to go out of their way and develop their own transmission for their vehicles that is that efficient just speaks volumes on what a manufacturer that is that small can do. And, you know, apparently, like, people like Mercedes may have already been contacting them about getting in on that transmission development. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, it sounds like they're trying to kind of uh, use it as a uh, springboard to uh, make the average car consumer or automotive consumer uh, experience with their car a little bit better. Yeah, and with the increasing demand for the um, emissions, um, they're also ahead on the curve on that. You got to figure 1600 horsepower is going to create a lot of emissions. Um, with this development car, which today is what, the March 6, 2019, this particular vehicle, they're stating they can produce until 2026 and still be ahead of emission standards. They're right. going to produce it until 2026 and still be, oh, so th this is something that they're going to be able to squeak into the whole uh, electric green movement that's become a little bit more pronounced over the years. Right. Wonderful. So we're, we're not all going to have to drive around electric cars. We could we can have something that's running off of petrol and it still be viable. Exactly. Or at this point, even, you know, since it does run on ethanol, you could use that as a substitute. Oh, even better. Even better. Now we're just running on corn. We're right. good with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's going to be running on ethanol, which um, will produce more horsepower in the long run anyways, because it burns at a different rate than petrol. Exactly. Fantastic. Um, what about car news that we have for anything that people could get their hands on, let's say, coming up soon? like the recent um, announcement of the 2019 Jetta GLI. What do you think of that vehicle? I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and it's the, um, they have the, I guess it's the 35th anniversary edition. Yes. 
and it looks fantastic. It really does. To the it looks like the two liter turbocharged engine, Mm -hmm. which they're stating it's supposed to produce 228 horsepower, which seems a little low, but we all know that with Volkswagens, you know, you put your your APR or ARP, whichever um, tune on there, your stage one, stage two tunes that really wakes the cars up. Yeah. But, um, well, I, go ahead. Volkswagen is known. They're notorious for this anyways. They're notorious for putting numbers out that are actually a modest uh, estimate. They're not really giving you the brake horsepower. They're giving you the wheel horsepower. Um, when the 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 latest, not the latest, but I want to say in two thousand and uh, four or five, when they released the the whole new, uh, I think it was the Mark IV. Uh, mm-hmm. I, they they actually uh, rated it at two hundred horsepower, but those cars were dynoing at two twenty to the wheels. Okay, that I'd actually never thought about them advertising actual wheel horsepower because if you think about it. Like with Ford, with the Mustang, uh, EcoBoost, for example, they said it makes 300, 300, but you put that thing on a dyno, it doesn't really do that. No, not nowhere near. But right. Ford is, they they report the brake horse, the you know the brake horsepower. They're giving to the crank. They're not giving right. to the wheels. Um, Volkswagen uh, for a while now has been giving um, conservative numbers to. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's a marketing ploy because, you know, word of mouth, once one person dinos it, um, all these other car enthusiasts come out of the woodwork uh, because they're you're able to get in on a platform, get in on a platform that is already producing more horsepower from the factory. Um, and also these motors with these APR tunes and these APR stage kits, um, these motors are capable of 300 wheel horsepower, which yeah. is which is pretty insane when you think about it um, because we're talking just a tune and maybe some supporting mods. So intake uh, three inch downpipe and a, uh, maybe a, 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 an updated intercooler and that intercooler and that's it. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a lot of horsepower to these little cars. Plus this car is absolutely gorgeous. Um, it looks like the, Anniversary edition comes with a gloss black roof, um, as well as the red accenting, and it looks like it's got Brembo brakes on it um, to help stop that car. Um, and then on top of that, you're coming with, you know, it's it's going to come with all the bells and whistles that you expect from from Volkswagen. So likely heated seats, maybe cooled, um, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, Android Auto, um, as well as some other uh, creature comforts. Um, so I mean, I feel like for me. I would buy that car over the GTI any day. Well, as far as like comfort is con- concerned, I would definitely agree. I'm a bit more of a hatchback fan. Yeah. And when it comes to the, the, the GTI used to only be a, a two door. And now with them offering them as a four door as well, I kind of feel like the, the Jetta really is only there to um, please the people that like, know I want a sedan. Right. Right. But even looking at it here, especially like in the red color with the, the LED headlights and the tail lamps, it just looks really clean. And I feel like that's something that Volkswagen is very good at. They will always bring something forward that's appropriate for the time, and but it can still have that timeless look. So when you look at it 30 years from now, you could still say, oh, it was definitely a 2020 or 2018, you know, that era type vehicle. 
Right, right, right. I mean, I, I'd have to agree. I'm I'm a hatchback fan myself. I like a good sporty looking hatchback, but I am absolutely sick and tired of seeing GTIs on the road. <laughs> they're like the <laughs> standard for hatchbacks these days. Um, but they're they're also the most consistent manufacturer. Um, they're making hatchbacks. They haven't stopped making hatchbacks. You look at Subaru, and they completely killed off their uh, their their the WRX and STI hatchback, which is uh, breaks my heart even talking about it. Um, in favor of you know the sedan, um, what a the Focus RS is gone. The Focus yep. ST is gone. The Fiesta ST is gone. Um, yep. All dead. It, it's so sad. Uh, the trade-off is they did uh, just release the Hyundai Veloster N. I don't know if that scratches that uh, that that hot hatch uh, itch for for you, uh, but I feel like for me, um, it doesn't quite. No, and the the biggest thing with that is that the the Veloster N. I feel like because it has the the Genesis two liter motor and it produces like two hundred and seventy two hundred and eighty horsepower. Um, at least that's what they're saying. And I just think for a car that's Fiesta sized, it's just too much. Like when I drive the Fiesta ST, even in stock form, that thing is, you know, pardon my French, it's a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> a hoot. Yeah. No, that's probably the best way to describe it, though. I mean, we're t- it's 190 uh, horsepower and even more torque. And that car is uh, sub 3,000 pounds. So it's moving. Right. And something like that, like, it, like I like to compare it directly to a Miata, even though it's wrong wheel drive. But yeah. <laughs> like, I would have fun in that car. Any gear shift, it's just giggly like a little schoolgirl. Just <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the, and the price sticker is fantastic on that car. I mean, um, you can get them as low right now, as low as 18. Um, brand new, which is, um, it's, it's great, but again, it's sad. They're undervaluing that car so much, and a lot of people do with when it comes to Ford in general. Um, funny thing is, is we're talking Focus. They just released the new Focus ST numbers that they for 2020. Um, of course, Ford um, gave us the big middle finger here in the United States. Um, love you, Ford. Uh, so it's only available in Europe. And yep. it's going to be uh, pushing 270 to 275 now out of that two liter EcoBoost. Yeah. So they they bumped it up a little bit. I mean, we're not talking a lot, but but enough to compete with the new GLI, the new GTI, the Veloster N as well. Yeah, with the uh, with the RS being off the shelf, they'll need to do a couple of improvements. Probably a redesign of like the intake or maybe a. Very efficient turbo, something like that. So, wait, wait, wait. You said the RS off the shelf. Are they not producing the Focus RS in Europe at all anymore? Um, uh, to my knowledge, the RS is dead. Let me check on that real quick. Oh, that is. If that is indeed true, folks, uh, I have to say, Ford, you were fucking up so bad. <laughs> well, the, the RS is supposed to be more like a. Like like a special car, anyhow. The, the we didn't get the previous gen RS either. No, well, we didn't. this is the first RS I think we've gotten ever. Yes, but even those they weren't in production for quite so long. And no. yeah, it is dead because um, if you're familiar with um, a fellow YouTuber named Shmi One Hundred and Fifty, 
Okay. Shout and out he, to has a, he has a regular Ford um, RS, and then he has a Heritage Ford Focus RS. And the Heritage are some of the, like, I, I think it's the last 500 or so. Don't quote me on that number, but it's the last of the manufactured Focus RSs that get that special Heritage Edition. Uh, I just don't, an all-wheel drive hatchback that was quoted as being a barnacle with a turbo, a boosted barnacle in turns uh, by the great Jeremy Clarkson. Um, it just makes me, I feel like the second, you know, the Grand Tour guys, uh, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May decide that they like a car, they pull production on it. I'm not happy with it. They also did it with the RX-8, although, although that's that that's like split right down the middle. I like the RX-8. A lot of people don't. Yeah, and um, I did just pull that up here, and this is an article from 2018 by Car and Driver. Okay, and it states, I quote: Ford Focus RS production in Europe will cease on April the sixth. So that was already last year. Ah. Uh. So sad. So yeah, it sounds like they're 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 trying to pump up the uh, the Focus ST um, and make it the uh, the the car the tuner car of choice over there since they're not going to have the RS anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's just so sad. Funny thing is, is that motor may live on in a uh, revamped EcoBoost uh, lineup that they're going to be throwing out, and I want to say it's twenty twenty. Um, it yeah, looks like. Go ahead. There's a couple of interesting things that we'll see by 2020. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, the 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 most obvious is that they're they're looking to put the Focus RS motor, if not the motor, um, that turbo, and beef up the 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 2.3 Mustang EcoBoost motor uh, a little bit, so that way it's putting closer to Focus RS horsepower uh, down, which would be around 365 from the factory. Right, which um, would mean even at that point, let's say we would have the the earlier generation guys would have an option to grab that turbo and put it onto the previous model year cars. And so, for example, like right now, my car is pretty much maxed out at 400 horsepower and 500 foot-tons of torque. Right. If I could grab a Ford factory RS turbo that would fit my car, I may be able to get an extra 30, 40, 50 horsepower out of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and now that's barring that they're not going to do any other because it, it's my understanding that the, the block is a little different um, on the, the RS versus the, the Mustang EcoBoost. Um, you know, it's a, it's a beefier block. It's able to take a little bit more abuse. Um, so uh, one, the only thing that I would be worried about is, you know, your motor's built, but like a motor like mine um, that is completely stock, not built. I would be worried to to put that turbo on there and run the greater amount of boost just because I wouldn't want the uh, dreaded eco boom. Yeah, and that's the, the biggest thing here. And, um, you know, you only hear about people who have a bad experience. You know, you're not going to hear sure. a happy Ford EcoBoost owner saying, oh, yeah, I have 200,000 miles on my EcoBoost and it's fantastic. <laughs> but uh, the biggest thing here is that the when the Mustang does blow up, you know, every car has its problems. Yeah. But I still feel like it has something to do with the fact that um, some people may still not understand how direct injection works. Right. 
and then even looking at it for the future, you know, Ford needs to put more effort into the the design for yeah. their engines. Like, I don't understand why you have the Focus, the Fusion, and the Mustang. You know, they should all have the same block. Why do they all have Absolutely. three different designs? Uh, it's 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 silly. Um, it re- it really is. Uh, one would say that they they just kind of haphazardly threw motors wherever they threw them, um, and wherever they landed is is how it turned out. Um, right. I mean, but if they if they put that twin turbo uh, two point seven liter V six in that car, um, even, I mean, it would be a direct competitor to the GT, and I don't I'm not sure that they're willing to do that. Well, here's where they're. Um... I don't want to say shooting themselves in the Achilles heel, so to say, but you know the 2020 Explorer is going to be rear-wheel drive, right? Is it now? Oh, that's right. It is. Yeah. And it's going to have an EcoBoost engine, which is going to be probably a 2.7 or the new 3 liter. Right, right. And as long as it's rear-wheel drive, you know, somebody's going to find a way to stuff that into a Mustang. Oh, yeah. Um, Give them them time. Um, Right. if that person was savvy enough and able to actually get a business off the ground of stuffing that motor into uh, said Mustangs, then that person would make a lot of money. Yeah, Versus like four that knew what that seven liter apparently fits in a Mustang as well. It's like, yeah, it'll fit. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's 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 what people do these days, man. When in doubt, throw an LS motor in it or some giant motor and just, you know, cut what you need to cut and make it work. Right. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's big things coming out of Ford, um, but there's also some bigger things or not bigger. I won't say bigger, but also big things that have recently been announced. One by Ford, the GT 500, we, you know, which needs no introduction at this point. Um, it looks like a monster. It likely is a monster. Um, and will be running for about, uh, I think the sticker price that they said on it was like, what was it, um, 70,000 MSRP or something like that? Let so me, like let me... between 70 and 80, which I'm sure right. by the time the dealer markup comes out, it's going to be like 120, 130. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the dealer markup is brutal from Ford. Um, and they also released the Supra, which also is hotly debated um, on whether or not, you know, it is a direct um, successor to the last generation of Supras or if it's just a BMW Supra. Yeah, I, I really hope and pray that the Supra is as as much of a pleasure to drive as the previous car and right. a lot of people are saying you know oh you know you're you're celebrating a 20 year old car you need to move on with the times but again the thing is you know just like with video games once you had something great you need to let it die <laughs> yeah yeah you do and that's where i think they made a they made a wrong move in that toyota had a opportunity to bring a new sports car to to the world which you know like with the the frs or the brz um whichever variant you prefer i still think it's a fantastic car and when it comes to comparison your your miatas your golfs your your hot hatchbacks your entry-level sports cars that car can't be beat and i feel like that the toyota should have been that that ft1 concept 
yes. that everybody was drooling over. Like you had approval on a concept that everybody loved and you're like, nah, we're going to do something else. That's baffling. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, they made the concept look beautiful. Um, and then they went ahead and uh, added weight to the car and didn't completely change it, but changed it enough that it did not look the same. Um, they could have just ran with what they had, the FT1. Um, I mean, and maybe there are some, you know, constraints that we don't know about it, you know, just because we're, you know, sitting here yakking in a mic. Um, we're not the uh, research and development team. But if they were able to make that concept work, put it on the road, call it something else, um, it would have been a better gamble for them. Um, the odds would have been better because if you use a word like Supra, and let's just say you label a car the Supra, the new Supra, you're already setting uh, setting yourself up for failure because there's absolutely no way that you can recreate the magic that happened um, with the 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 later models, the oh. earlier models. And I I agree to to some point if and I don't. I understand that um, Yamaha had a uh, involvement in producing a two JZ, mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people are saying, "Well, you know, then they should call it a Yamaha Supra or anything like that." <laughs> and but my my biggest beef still is that BMW is BMW, and while I love the cars while they work and they have a warranty, once stuff starts to break, I'm sorry, it's just not cheap to maintain. And for Toyota no. to say, "Hey," Let's start carrying this parts unless um, Toyota decides to maybe make the replacement parts themselves to bring the cost down. Because that's something we've seen before where, you know, different manufacturer, one manufacturer, let's say for a crank bolt, you pay 50 bucks and bet the other one you pay 30. That could be something I could see in the future. But again, when you say BMW, you know, you think money. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some would argue that uh, if you're buying this car, you're going to have the disposable income. Um, to them, I would say I disagree, sir. Um, and the reason why is they're, 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 they're marking this car at $50,000 MSRP. Okay. That is uh, not terrible. So, and, and we know that Toyota doesn't necessarily mark up a car just to, to uh, exorbitant, you know, lengths like uh, Ford does, let's say. Um, where, you know, the Focus RS was a $35,000 MSRP car, but they would mark it up to uh, 50 or so. Um, likely, you're going to see these coming out of the dealership for a modest markup, and it's going to be something that people are going to be able to slap um, five to $10,000 down on and not have a terrible payment. Yep. So... And again like most cars you can buy an suv or anything really like a new car you're looking starting at 35 40 grand anyway so that extra 10 yep. grand really it's it's nothing it's it's not much not much of a difference um maybe for for the for the hardcore penny pincher but for the motor enthusiast or the casual enthusiast um it's not a, a huge leap to say that they would buy it um and then on top of that uh once they do buy it I think Toyota owes it to their consumer base. Right. Hopefully it comes with a fantastic warranty. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as other cars that they just announced, um, 
I know that the Toyota Corolla hatchback has just come out, uh, and that's something that uh, people have taken to already. I've seen a few on the road, uh, quite I a few. Love the new hatchback. Oh. Uh, it's beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Um, and the motor itself is, uh, in my opinion, pretty impressive. A two-liter dual-port injection. Um, it's 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 fantastic. Uh, high compression motor, naturally aspirated. I, I think it's a matter of time before you start to see some uh, uh, performance modifications coming out for that vehicle. Yeah, the only thing that I really miss about these things here with uh, Toyota is, um, again, there there's no more performance division. No. And which, you know, it makes sense. But like this one, for example, it's it starts at, let's call it what it is, $20,000. You get, you know, your up to 38 miles per gallon. It reminds me somewhat of the Mazda 2. But again, seeing these cars on the road, that when I first saw them, I was, I don't want to say starstruck, but mesmerized. Like, that is a Toyota? And yeah. that's a Corolla? <laughs> like, what? Yep, yep, yep uh it's i mean with that wing that aggressive wing and the uh the the front fascia as well as even what they did with the um the 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 rear door um it is an absolutely beautiful car that i think is going to be around for a while um only thing is i wish it was rear wheel drive like you know frederick uh ace asbos asbos drift car um yeah i mean that if it was rear wheel drive Folks, we would have a legitimate, a legitimate recreation of the uh, uh, Torino '86 that is made famous by Initial D. We really would. Yeah, but I would not disagree with that. And again, touching on that, the the design of it all, even like looking at the exhaust, you know, even if the rear vents are fake. It's just you You have the LEDs up front. You have the right curvature. Like, there hasn't been a cheap car that looks good from the factory mm -hmm. in a while. And I think this one ticks all the right boxes as far as a fun, hot hatch is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Although I, I think I'd, I would call it like a lukewarm hatch. Um, you know, high compression motor, it's fun to drive. It, will it directly compete with... You know, GTIs, the Veloster Turbo, or the N, um, n no, not so much. But it has the potential uh, once somebody figures out how to squeeze more horsepower out of that motor. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I don't know if you heard that Honda has moved their production of the Type R to the United States. Really? Yes. Um, which bodes very well for people that maybe couldn't afford it right out, right out the gate and have been pinching pennies, it seems like if they're going to move production here, they're going to continue to make it. That sounds correct. <laughs> um, what did you think about the Type R? I have not had the pleasure of driving a Type R yet. Mm -hmm. However, I have seen and touched and felt them. It sounds mm -hmm. a little dirty. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> sounds a little creepy. <laughs> the, the 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 thing here is and like it's a very to me well accepted car a lot of people are saying oh you know it's a honda but here's the thing you know you have younger people that want the civic type r and then you have people like my 60 year old mother who 
saw the car and he's like, oh, this looks great. And it's manual. Oh, they still make manuals cars. And, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you wouldn't think a person like that would be able to relate to somebody like us. Right. But again, you know, this comes back to the point that the people that are, you know, getting near retirement now, they're, I, I, especially my mom, because she's European, you know, <laughs> this is a lot of old school European styling from the factory. You know, yes. back then, yes. the, the Volkswagen Chiracos, they had giant spoilers. They had flared wheel arches. Sure. And Honda's like, look, you want this stuff? Okay, here you go. Here's here your you car. Go, yep, go race it. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, I mean, I feel like they've uh, they've been very successful with this vehicle as far as a marketing standpoint, um, mostly because they didn't really push a whole lot of marketing. Um, it seems like the vehicle itself gained a bit of notoriety uh, via word of mouth um, and also uh, reviewers on YouTube and, um, you know, automotive channels as well. Um, and the fact that it did such a fantastic time in the Nürburgring. Um, the car itself is, you know, it's, it's amazing. You have an electronically adjustable uh, suspension. You have uh, auto rev matching. Although I think if I had it, I would probably just turn that off. That's half the fun. Yeah. Um, and then you have uh, fully functional aerodynamics. You have aero on the car that are actually serving a purpose. Um, and it's a front-wheel drive car, which is something that, um, like myself and, 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 and you as well, uh, we prefer a rear-wheel drive car. But for a car like that, I'm okay with it. You know, um, it's a track car. It's not a drag car. Yeah, and dude, the thing is that it, it, it feels when you're, when you're sitting in it, even in the back seat, you feel so planted when it goes around corners. Like, like I said, I haven't had the pleasure of driving it, but yeah. even just sitting in it, it's like a go-kart, man. Yeah, absolutely. Honda Honda's done a really good job with that. Um, and the fact that they had been producing it, producing it in the UK um, prior to, uh, you know, kind of making Americans mouth water uh, for that vehicle and then they released it here, uh, and and they did it in a limited run. They don't they don't they don't mass produce them, um, right? Which is helping their their. Dragging behind, um, it, again, listeners, correct me if you're if if I'm wrong here. Um, but the fact that it is coming to the United States now, um, I it makes me very happy. Makes me very giddy. Uh, in fact, that may be the new grocery getter that uh, we end up rolling in uh, in a year or two. Uh, but that's just me. Would never get rid of Domo, though. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, any other cars that you know that they have just uh, announced that um, would tickle our fancy? Um, let's see here. Mercedes just released... Uh... A new A A class shooting brake. Okay. And that is something that I'm very excited about. I, I love it's it's not just a love for luxury cars, but old classic stuff like shooting brakes, wagons. You yeah. know, nobody can tell me anything about a CTSV. And if it's a wagon, I'm like, okay, sign me up. <laughs> uh, there's something about a wagon moving down the road really fast it's 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 alarming it's like seeing a uh 
I don't know, like uh, like a really giant lineman who's moving super fast on the on the football field. Uh, they're just valuable. Yeah, and it's it's something again the the look of it. It just I don't even know how to explain it. Even with the the shooting break, I suppose more than the wagon because it doesn't look like a wagon, but it's supposed to be a wagon. So you're like, what are you? And it still looks good. <laughs> right, right, right. As long as it looks good and and it's endearing, that's the big thing. I I wouldn't mind questioning every day what it is then. <laughs> yeah, and the cool thing is for this one in particular, it's still an A class. So it's it's the bottom of the mill, you know what I mean? Right, right. And it has, oh, actually, holy cow. I'm looking at the specs here. Um, uh-huh. the It's an AMG CLA 45 shooting brake. Okay. It uh, comes with 475 newton meters of torque from a two-liter inline turbo. That's That's a lot of torque. Absolutely. Torque is kind of the name of the game in an automotive industry. So if you could produce some some good low end torque, um, you know, the buyers will eat it up. Yep. And then again, that that overall design is just classic Mercedes. And this is something, again, talking about, you know, being able to afford certain things. This would still be in that category. You're probably looking at 60 to 70,000 for ownership. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, if you're looking at a, you know, specked out Jeep, I don't know, Grand Cherokee, you're probably in that same area. Absolutely. Um, very easily. I mean, uh, and, and it's a better car. Uh, no offense, Jeep. I just would never buy you. Um, <laughs> um, speaking of design, another uh, manufacturer, not as big as Honda um, or Mercedes, uh, Mazda is set to release... Um, two new vehicles. So uh, the first one being the redesign of the Mazda 3 with the new Skyactive uh, 10 engine or X, um, which is a uh, plugless or sparkless um, motor. So it doesn't have spark plugs. It's going to create combustion just with compression um, and uh, and angles, much like a um, uh, an airplane motor uh, or a jet motor. Um and then they're also going to release the uh, the CX-30. I don't know if you saw that. That was very recent. Let's see. The CX-30, I see here. Which looks just like a CX-3, just a little more aggressive. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's my understanding that uh, it's a little bit larger than that. Like, a, like back to, what is it, uh, like CX-5 size or a little bit like... Probably the, the CX-5. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be more in between, um, and uh, which is kind of weird that they would name it the CX-30. Um, I'll have to do some research into why why they picked the 30 instead of it just being some arbitrary number. Um, but you know, America has an infatuation with um, crossover SUVs, and uh, I think Mazda is not ashamed to scratch that itch. Um, with a CX-3, a CX-30, and a CX-5. Oh, wait, and a CX-9. Yeah. That's unreal. Well, yeah, the CX-9, which I was wondering where their their big passenger car is, but the CX-9 is their seven-passenger, right? Yes, yes, that's the large one uh, that does offer a turbocharged motor. Ooh. Mm-hmm, and all-wheel drive. 
I'd like to see Mazda do something a little bit more aggressive with the new Mazda 3, though. I feel like that Sky X motor itself has the ability to um, be something very special, um, considering it's a brand new motor and something that will um, uh, be a new platform to work off of as far as tuning goes. Um, and the fact that you don't, it, it, has, it has an emergency spark plug, one in case it does need to create spark. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of, I mean, it's revolutionary. It's something that, like we were talking about before, um, that will likely fly under the radar um, amidst uh, all of the green, uh, you know, pushing and movement. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the biggest thing, again, with, with Mazda. They have a way with, you know, I'm just, let's just see the rotary, for example. They, they come up with ingenious things and it's either that they're unfortunately just a tad too late or that the appreciation for it just isn't there. But this is something, you know, you have that ultra high compression. And that's something I see them putting into their maybe their their smaller production vehicles just to exceed that. You know, let's say they can get 45, 50 miles per gallon out of an 87 octane fueled car that's the size of a Toyota Corolla, you know. In the UK and in Europe, you get 50 miles per gallon, but it's a car that's the size of a shoebox. Right. Um, and, you know, as fun as driving a shoebox around, you know, is, uh, I mean, proven by the Fiesta ST. <laughs> um, you know, the, the average consumer wants something that's a little bit larger. <clears throat> yeah, that, uh, the trend in Europe. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, the crossovers. Hatchbacks also have increased in popularity in the United States uh, to the tune of something around 10% increase in demand for them. So I'd be surprised if Subaru doesn't re-release a uh, WRX hatchback. I could see that, especially now with all of the other ones basically being killed off. It would be that there's a market that is being, I don't want to say un, not tapped, but there's nothing there anymore when going through the manufacturers as far as a performance hatchback would be concerned. Besides, again, the Golf, but that's that's it. Well, I think that's what Hyundai was trying to do with offering uh, two different Veloster, well, three different Veloster uh, levels, um, the N, the Turbo, and the just basic Veloster. Um, I think they're hoping to kind of fill the void that, you know, the Focus and the Fiesta are going to leave behind it um, in the market since most American vehicles are not, uh, most American manufacturers are not going to be manufacturing um, the grocery getters anymore, you know, the, the sedans or the, um, you know, the, the hatchbacks at the same level that they were before. You know, I mean, I totally agree. And the funny thing is the Veloster always skips my mind. I, and I don't know why I don't like, obviously it should be up there, especially the Veloster N. But if you were to talk to me about hatchbacks, that, would never be like, oh yeah, there's a Hyundai that's a hatchback. That's the thing that I don't know if <laughs> the, the, the Genesis left a sour taste in my mouth, or if I'm just overall disappointed because we have a, a Kia Sportage Turbo in our garage, 
However, again, when you're asking me about the Veloster, like I can't tell you the last time I've actually seen one in person, for example. Yeah, they're, uh, you're not seeing a whole lot of them on the road, which is surprising oh. to me. Um, I was just for shiggles searching on Auto Trader to see, uh, you know, what the Veloster N is going for. Um, and you're able to catch one for between twenty six to twenty seven thousand. So that's a that's a that's a three door, technically a four door. Um, you know, if you're counting um, the the rear hatch, um, the, but that's a hatchback, a turbocharged hatchback that's got electronically controlled uh, suspension, auto, you know, rev matching, um, heated and cooled seats, all the bells and whistles, and is quite a bit lighter than a lot of its competitors. And is producing 270 horsepower um, for 26 to 27,000. That's fantastic. Yeah. And like I said, again, I feel like it's going to be a handful to drive, but they have an electronic differential them as well, right? As far as I know, yes, they do come with a uh, with a diff. Yeah, that'll probably help a lot as far as durability is concerned. Absolutely. Um, the funny thing is, though, is no one's talking about it. No one's talking about that car in relation to uh, the other vehicles that are out in the market or that are soon to be out in the market. Yeah, and that's, again, like, like I said, when you were talking about it, we brought the car up earlier in our conversation, and again, it's still, it left my mind just as quickly as we brought it up. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's, if that's uh, you know, due importance to Hyundai's lack of marketing of the vehicle. Um, but I mean, maybe they need to take a note from their sister company and throw some hamsters in it and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> do something to, uh, to let it stick out in people's minds. It's a fantastic car at a fantastic price point. Um, other than that, I'm not sure if we have any other reveals that, um, are, you know, screaming out to me, um, which brings us to the next portion of our podcast here where we basically discuss uh, what has been going on uh, in our lives, uh, modification-wise or, or otherwise. Uh, I hear recently you were invited to um, a car show, uh, Clean Culture, over the weekend, this past weekend, Sunday, correct? That's correct. How did that go for you? Um, well... It was uh, a huge event, which was an, an amazing experience to be part of. Usually I'm not a big car show guy, but um, ever since um, having the, the blessing and pleasure of being part of Parker Performance, the, the overall experience has been quite different from what I'm personally used to. And of course, with the RTR Spec 5 being in our arsenal, of course, car shows are, are a must, not only to um, represent for the sponsors, but also represent for the company. And, I mean, there were things out there that I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's just something I would, I would love to get you in touch with my good friend Ricardo. He's a photographer that we use. And maybe if you can link some pictures in, something like that. They had so many amazing vehicles there, and everything was a little different, you know? Like, we brought the Mustangs and Zach's 180SX, but let's say out of the Mustangs, there were 10 S550s there, and not a single one looked the same, and they all brought their own unique um, flair to it. 
and it was just the the, the experience, the whole let, let's call it an aura. You know, everybody got along, everybody was googly-eyed everywhere, nobody was acting stupid or doing things they shouldn't be doing. There was one guy that broke his car because he was acting like a fool, but that's karma <laughs> at the end of the day. But I'm I'm very, very impressed and I'm very happy we got to go to clean culture. Because I tell you what, man, you go to car meets, there's always mm -hmm. some form of small issue. And that whole crew, they handled it professionally and everything went as smooth as possible. Everybody was nice and friendly. Like it was legit. Fantastic, man. Yeah, I'm 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 sad that I uh I, I missed out on seeing how awesome that was. Um, if it was even a fraction of the uh the meat that you brought me to which was by by the way not a small meat uh, your words exactly were oh it's a small little meat that, that happens on uh thursday nights and and i show up to this meet folks and there are at least 100 to 200 people that showed up to this event at this bar and grill so if clean culture uh even comes close to that um i'm definitely uh i'll definitely have to see if i can elevate domo status so that way i can get an invitation at some point in the future yeah man i think it, like the way you gotta look at it is if you thought that our weekly meet was big clean culture was at least and i'm not joking you 10 times that much that's so dope man that's so dope especially when you can uh, be a part of something that uh is planned out so cleanly um <laughs> no pun intended clean culture um but the fact that it is makes it uh you know kind of back in the day nopey nationals huge exactly and that that imagine it being that way like it's it imagine like it's it's 2006 you know mm -hmm. you're going to race wars and they <laughs> have that that giant shot up in the air and just a ton of cars yeah. When we left, which um, Zach and I left a little early because we were there since eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I kid you not when I tell you, when I got home, I drank at least three gallons of water. That's how dehydrated I was. Oh, yeah. No, I believe it. I like, absolutely believe it. So the show was at the Spurs Stadium in um, Orlando. Okay. And by the time we left, just including the people that attended the show, as far as the people that got inside the show, okay, that was a parking lot and a half, including the entire stadium being full. Wow. By the time we left, the spectator parking, dude, like, the entire parking lot was full. You could not walk in the show. That's how many people were there. That's Children, impressive. grandparents, old people, young people, black, white, yellow, everybody just googling there was not a single person that looked at the rtr and didn't have their mouth open wide <laughs> well you know that rtr commands a lot of respect anywhere it goes to be honest but uh that's fantastic man i'm really i'm really happy that's big for parker performance big for you as well um it's something that i'm sure once you're invited to you you will have repeat invites to um, you know, barring you, you, Marceline doesn't, uh, knock on wood, uh, bite the dust. Um, but that's, that's fantastic, man. Um, happy for you guys. Congratulations. Um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be nothing but big things in the future. I was telling Josh that I'm surprised that there is not, um, a 
TV show on Motor Trend that is just about the day in day out of Parker Performance because what what you guys have created there um, is something truly magical. Uh, we we greatly appreciate that, and I I do try to make important videos. It's just doing things every single day, especially with the way like YouTube and everything is. Mm -hmm. It's it's a bit of a struggle, and again, I'm I'm not a nowhere near my professional. And when I work on certain projects, I want them to look a certain way. Sure. And if I have, you know, if three shots are just completely wrong or the audio is incorrect, that, that discourages me a lot. Oh, yeah. So I bet. Why, like, certain things haven't been uploaded as much as I should. Like, the last thing we did was a big brake kit install. And even then, I, there are errors in there that I want to kick myself in the butt for. But again, that's a video that had to go to the public no matter what. Yeah, yeah. As time progresses, as our budget or my personal budget, I suppose, increases and I, you know, get with some other people about editing and stuff, things will get better and it will be more of a professional base. Sure. Um, for example, I'm sure you've seen the yellow card, correct? Yes, Ducky. Like, that's something I want to document in a TV type documentary style to, you know, from start to finish. <clears throat> of that turbo kit install because it's going to be you know a big thing not just for parker performance but you know for the owner having a twin turbo v6 mustang you don't see that every day no you really don't you really don't uh, you see them using forced induction but you don't typically see them with a twin turbo setup um that thing's going to be hauling some serious ass yeah i mean even on the stock block the the guy that um hooked us up with the person that's making these custom kits they basically said look stock block you're looking at five six hundred horsepower all day and then if you were to go you know forged internals you're talking thousands so that's fucking insane dude absolutely insane because then traction is going to be the biggest issue exactly wow well that's a good problem to have man absolutely good problem <laughs> to have <laughs> Um, but you know the editing will come along um, I you know I'm new to this as well uh, I've recently been toying around with uh, doing some uh, more intense editing with some of the photos that I've been uploading to Instagram. Um, and I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised of how they're turning out. Um, for some reason, I love Photoshopping my car into Japan, um, you know, <laughs> into Japanese backgrounds. You know, next is going to be Mount Fuji in the background for sure. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, this whole endeavor with the podcast um, I'm just happy to actually be doing it now. Something that I've been trying to get off the ground for a long time. And, um, you know, I needed somebody else that was as motivated uh, to get something like this done as me. And I definitely feel like I found it with you, Alex. Um, we'll definitely be able to hopefully record, uh, you know, hundreds of these and get those out. Um, but uh, I guess we could wrap things up with uh, with the random, stupid, amazing question of the day. Um, yeah. let's, let's start with just the absolute basic, probably the question, the one question that all car guys ask each other at any meet. Um, and that's if you had unlimited money, which three cars would you put in your garage? But you could only have three, only three, only three. I would have a Lexus LFA. Okay. Um, that car to me is just, even without a cup holder, it is just just amazing okay i would need to have a 
Ford Raptor. Okay, so you'll be able you'll be able to haul some stuff around. Cool. Exactly. And, <laughs> and then, fast. Ooh, what else? What else? What else? I think it would have to be either a Mazda RX seven FD, or okay. it would have to be a nine nine six Porsche nine eleven. Woo! Well, I was wondering if you were going to throw a portion there. Okay, so, I mean, you got to pick, man, out of those two cars. Which one? Uh, I'm going to go with a Porsche. The Porsche. Okay, solid pick. You got to have a Porsche in the garage. Um, yeah. And, you know, with that being said, I, I'd say that I'd have to, I'd have to say that I would want a, um, a, a Porsche 911 GT3 RS is, is going to be my pick. Um, I, it's modest, 513-ish brake horsepower. I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. A 1995 NSX Type R, um, because I'm a JDM fanboy at heart. And um, my last pick would have to be whew, something. Oh, this is tough, man. This is so <laughs> tough. Three cars is tough. It really is. Well, um, truck, because you can just call me for the truck. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I don't. I do not need a truck. I don't know that I can own a truck, honestly. Like. They're nice. The Raptors are beautiful, but there's something about it that would just, I just can't, it's not me. Um, but, uh, I guess my third car would have to be a, um, something real basic, something that I love, uh, and have always loved. And, um, that is a, uh, a 1999 Acura Integra type R. And the only reason being is, um, I just love those cars. My first car was an, was an Integra LS. Um, and of course, you know, I did whatever kid did uh, back in the Fast and Furious days, which was rice the living piss out of it and slam it to the ground, you know. Um, and for me to be able to relive that tuning pleasure um, only with something that's actually got some balls, uh, I'd love it. Yeah, and uh, especially with uh, the the GSR, that my friend had one of those, and that's really that was another like pinnacle before the Turbo Civic Type R. Like yeah. having an Integra GSR, that would be like, especially in championship white or the, that yellow color that they come in. Yes, the uh, the, the yellow, uh, I think that was um, solely to the, um, they had a type R, the, it was a yellow that went with the type R. Um, but they do have that championship white, which is absolutely beautiful. Uh, and you would see on all their spoon vehicles um, with the bronze wheels to match. Um, the Mugen Mugen bronze wheels, and I, I'd I'd be in hog heaven, man. Happy as a clam. Right. Well, well, cool, man. Um, if anyone else wants to participate in the random stupid question of the day, um, by all means, add them in the comments and add your answers in the comments. Question again is, if you had unlimited money and you could only buy three cars, which three cars would you purchase to put in your garage? Um, leave them down in the comments below um and stop back in and see us hopefully we'll be able to get another episode out next week um and hopefully we're going to try i'm going to try to get these edited and released no later than thursday or friday of every week um and if i can bump that production time up a little bit so earlier in the week then it'll be mondays but um other than that uh how can we find you how can the people find you alex uh out in the social media world um, we are on Instagram, uh, Park Performance. 
My personal handle is Alexander Goodrun. And of course, you can find us on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Parker Performance is the way to go. And from there, if you ever have any personal questions, you can just message us there. I will be more than happy to help you out. Fantastic. Um, and you can find me on Instagram uh, at Space Dubs, S-P-A-C-E-D-U-B-S. Uh, or you can follow the show, uh, Remember the Buster Cast, on Instagram as well, um, under the name Carlos and Alex. Um, looking forward to interacting with all you guys, and hopefully we will get back with you uh, soon. Uh, same, same time, same channel. I would rather walk across a sea of Legos than own an automatic.